Genesis 50, 15 through 20. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. This is the first Sunday of the new year, 2021, and we are still online. And next week, we are opening the buildings. We'll be meeting in person, but for many of you, uh, this is the new norm. 2020 uh, was a tough year on everyone, everywhere. It's hard to even catalog all the ways that it was difficult, and I don't even want to. But one question I kept asking, and I ask now, is what was God doing? Because it's been my experience that when God seems like he's doing the very least, he's actually doing the very most. And I think of the crucifixion. I always want to think of what the disciples thought on Friday. When they looked up and saw Jesus dying on the cross, and when he finally died, they must have gone, God, what were you doing? What are you thinking? This is the worst day ever. God, Jesus was the best, right? And then they find out on Sunday that what happened on Friday was actually the best thing that ever happened to the entire world. And that's the way God works. So I guess my piece of advice for you right now is don't waste 2020. As a whole, let's not waste 2020. I was thinking of the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. The story of Joseph is a great story. It's a long story. It actually takes up 14 chapters. We know more about Joseph than almost any other person in the Bible. And if you don't know the story, let me just go through it quickly. Joseph was born to a large, complicated family. When I say that, he was one of 12 brothers. Uh, his dad, Jacob, actually had four different women who were giving birth, two wives and two concubines. And so Joseph grew up in that. Joseph had the distinction of being born to his dad's favorite wife, which meant he was the favorite son, which caused other problems. When Joseph was a teenager, his dad sent him to go find his brothers. His brothers were all shepherds. They had the sheep and the flocks a couple towns over. And uh, Joseph's message was, dad says it's time to come home. But his brothers, when they saw him coming, their jealousy and rage redlined. They ended up saying, we're going to take care of this kid once and for all. And they sold him as a slave to a passing caravan of slave traders. You can just imagine what that was like for Joseph. Maybe you can't. But anyway, Joseph ends up in Egypt on the slave block. He gets purchased by a man named Potiphar. 
Amazingly enough, Joseph rises to the very top of the slaves in Potiphar's household, and then Potiphar's wife makes a play for him. And Joseph does the right thing. He resists. He tells her, I could never do this. I couldn't sin against your husband and my master. I couldn't sin against God like this. And so Potiphar's wife has him framed for rape. And he gets thrown in a dungeon where he languishes for years, for years. And then finally, he interprets a dream for the cupbearer to the king, who was, that was a very important position. The cupbearer gets released, put back in the service of Pharaoh, but he promptly forgets about Joseph, and Joseph rots for another couple of years. Finally, Joseph is brought out. He interprets a couple of dreams for Pharaoh, and he becomes the most powerful man in all of Egypt other than Pharaoh. And I had the scripture read to you from the end of the story, where Joseph's brothers, when Jacob died, their dad died, they think, oh, this is when the hammer's going to fall. And they go to plead to Joseph to be merciful. But Joseph says, oh, don't worry. And he has that famous verse, verse 20, where he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, so that many might be saved. It's an amazing story. And as I think about 2020, I think of how Joseph might talk to us about the year we've just had and going forward. And I think if Joseph was here, he might tell us three things that he learned in his lifetime. And the first thing is this, God is nearer than it feels. When you are in pain, when bad things are happening, God is nearer than it feels. The second thing Joseph would say is God is doing more than you think God is doing more than you think. And finally, God loves you more than it seems. God loves you more than it seems. Let me start with the first one. God is closer than it seems or than it feels. Joseph, throughout his life, must have just thought, oh, when he was sold into slavery. There's a verse there in that story where his brothers are recounting and remembering that moment when they sold him into slavery. And they say, did we not hear him cry out? Right? Joseph must have been screaming, please, please don't do this. When I'm in pain, sometimes it seems like God is distant. But the more I read the Bible, the more I see that God, the God of the Bible is unique. And the God of the Bible always moves toward pain. He doesn't run away from pain. And the Old Testament says that God is near to the brokenhearted. When you read the New Testament, you find out that Jesus is always hanging around broken people, hurting people, sick people, much more than I do probably much more than you do unless you're in the health care business. There's a, there's a story in Luke chapter 7 where Jesus is in this little town called Nain. And it doesn't seem like he has any plans to do any ministry. And then he sees a funeral procession going by. And he finds out that it's a widow who's burying her only son. And the scripture says he was moved with compassion Seems like he wasn't planning on doing anything, but when he saw this suffering, there was something inside of him that he was drawn to. He couldn't help himself. And he goes and he raises this young man from the dead. So I want you to know that if you're in pain, God is nearer to you than it feels. But more than that, the more pain you are in, actually in the Bible, it seems like Jesus gets closer to you the more pain you're in. So never think that God is distant when you are in pain. That's the first thing. The second thing that I think Joseph would tell us is that God is 
doing more than you think. I'm not a chess player. I, I kind of wish I was. I, th I think the game is fascinating. I watched a movie one time called In Search of Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer was considered the, the greatest chess player that America ever produced. He retired early, disappeared. And this movie is really in search of the next Bobby Fischer, the next child prodigy who could represent America to the world in, the, in chess, right? And in this story, uh, this little boy is found and he is just amazing. Ben Kingsley becomes his coach. But there's one scene where this little boy early in his career is facing this uh, kind of uh, reigning champion in his division. And the reigning champion is kind of cocky and everything. And Ben Kingsley is watching the chess match on a closed circuit TV because nobody could be in the room during this time. And then Ben Kingsley sees the reigning champion make a move. And Ben Kingsley goes, he just made a mistake. He made a mistake. And then it's like he's trying to talk to his prodigy. And he says, it's 12 moves away, but you can see it. And you watch this little boy look at the chessboard. And he's looking, looking, looking. And all of a sudden, he sees it. And he looks up. And he realizes he's won. I love that because I think looking so far ahead would just be amazing. When I, when I watch a chess match, I don't know really what's going on, you know, and when pieces start getting lost, I just think, oh man, you lost another piece. Oh, you lost a bishop. Oh, that's terrible, right? But the chess masters look at me just going, hey, just don't worry. I got this. It's 12 moves away. I always think that God is the, is the, the greatest chess player and all of us are playing checkers compared to God. Right? Joseph gets you know, sold into slavery and he thinks, oh, this is the worst. He gets thrown into prison. He thinks this is the worst. I would think so too. Right? I was thinking when Joseph was in prison, he probably prayed the same prayer every day. I would. I would say, God, please get me out. Next day, God, please get me out. God, please get me out. Day after day after day, year after year, same prayer, same prayer. You know what he never prayed? Not once did he pray, God, make me the second most powerful man in the world, right? That didn't even occur to him. That was so far beyond what he could dream. If Joseph came to you right now, after the year that you have had in 2020, he would say, listen, it's 12 moves away. God is doing something that you cannot cannot even fathom because God is always doing more than you think. We're playing checkers. God is playing chess. Know that. But God is not only closer than it feels. God is not only doing more than you think. God loves you more than it seems. I almost uh, called this last point, God loves you more than he should, right? Because Joseph would probably tell us both those things. You know, I told you at the beginning that Joseph grew up in a, in a complicated family. That was a nice way of saying it was wildly dysfunctional. I mean, it was crazy. You had favoritism and you had uh, hatred and you had jealousy. You had, I mean, terrible, terrible things, right? If that family walked into a therapist's office today, it would take years for any of them to get healthy. What's fascinating is when you read this story, at the end of the story, you find out that God not only used Joseph to save thousands upon thousands of people from starvation, he also healed his family in the process. 
Like when you read the beginning of the story, you, you see Joseph, and it, Joseph is showing all the marks of a kid that is going to be terribly spoiled. I mean, not just like, you know, spoiled, like normal spoiled. I mean, spoiled rotten. And a kid that's spoiled rotten becomes a rotten, terrible adult. And it seemed like that's where Joseph was heading. And his, his brothers were filled with not just a, a normal kind of jealousy. They were filled with a murderous rage. Right? At the end of the story, we find Joseph. And Joseph is a strong, wise, gracious, merciful, forgiving man. And that grace flows over his brothers, and they are actually healed as well. It's an astounding thing. And that brings me to Jesus. Right? God loves you so much, right, that he sent Jesus. That's Romans 5.8, that God demonstrates his love toward us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us that God sent Jesus to save you from your sins, to save me from my sins. It's amazing. But God loves you even more than that because God loves you enough not just to save your soul, but to heal you now. That's why Paul the Apostle in Romans, Paul the Apostle who lived this life where it was a tough life, tougher than any but his life that I've ever heard of, right? He's, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was thrown in prison, all that, right? But Paul the Apostle writes in Romans, but my God can cause all things to work for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, this is what I know. All my life, I've been playing checkers while God's been playing chess. God loves me more than he should, but he also loves me more than it seems. And he's not just sent Jesus to die to save me from the future. He sent Jesus to heal me right here, right now. So as you look back on 2020 and whatever 2020 brought you, whatever loss you experienced, and you look forward to 2021, and it's obvious that 2020 is going to bleed into 2021, at least in some ways. Don't waste this time. Remind yourself that God is always closer than he feels. He's closer to you now than he feels, especially if you are in pain. God is doing more than you think, always, always. And God loves you more than it seems. All right? Next week, we kick off our Reimagine vision. Uh, don't miss that. I hope to see you. If I don't see you, then I hope you will tune in and watch. God bless. Thanks.